This episode of Trit and Shuffle Live is sponsored by Pod Decks. Pod Decks are a deck of cards that have great questions, great topics, and even fun games to make your podcast more professional and just all around fun. And for right now, you can pick up the interview and episode bundle for $24.99. Now, when you get to checkout, be sure to use the promo code TCLIVE to get 10% off your first purchase. Again, use promo code TCLIVE, that's TCLIVE, at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. I want to thank Poddex for sponsoring this episode, and they're all around great tool to use. I use it in my show all the time because the questions go deep, and they're just so interesting to ask your guest. Again, TCLIVE at checkout on Poddex.com to get 10% off your first purchase. All right, back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back for another episode of Trend Shop Alive. It's another two-episode week. Man, I love these. So much work. <laughs> today, I am joined today by Miss Laura Hill. She is running for House uh, District 93, correct? Yes. Yes. Yep. Uh, how are you doing, Miss Hill? How are you? How are you? Great. Well, no, thanks for having me. This will be fun. Um, I'm uh, busy. <laughs> My feet are sore. <laughs> I bet. I, I'm surprised I don't have laryngitis because I've been, I hear a little bit of it as I've been talking to a lot of people. So uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, thank you for the opportunity to sit down. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, you know, I, we were talking before we started the show about going through a campaign and I've talked to councilmen, mayors, and they all have – running a campaign is not an easy task. There is some ups and there's some downs. What has been the biggest up, biggest down in this campaign for you? And then we'll get to the ups. Oh, gosh, the biggest down. Um, I think – I, you know, there's a little disappointment in how many people don't vote, but, you know, after you've locked your first thousand doors <laughs> and you realize there's like a gap of 15 houses between voters, it's, I think that makes you feel bad. Yeah. It really does. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to believe even because um, yeah. you live in such a great state in the greatest country in the world. And it's, hard to believe that more people don't vote. So that, that's that's the only thing I would say has been really hard. Um, and, and I'm not gonna lie, it's there are a lot of times that you're just super tired and all you wanna do is go home and sit on the sofa and binge Netflix and you just don't get to do it. Um, that's gonna have to get postponed until later. Yeah, it's after you win, all right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. We'll, have a, we'll have a binge watch of Netflix after you win, yeah. right? What's there been the, what's been the biggest up for you? Like, is it meeting new people or is it just just the experience? 
Yeah, obviously meeting the people, you know, I was a city council person um, for a long time and then the mayor in the city of South Lake. And that was always my thing. I loved being out in the community, talking to people, being accessible to people. But what I really have enjoyed so much is that you know, in Tarrant County, no matter where you live, our issues are really all the same. So whether they're traffic, um, you know, transportation, taxes, we're all talking about the same things. And it's wonderful listening to people share their stories of why they came, not just to Texas, but why they settled in Tarrant County. So yeah. I, I feel like I could write a book of all the great conversations that I've had with folks on the campaign trail. Yeah, because I've, helped with campaigns i've attended a campaign a couple of campaign events mm -hmm. uh even almost ran for something uh oh, wow. i did yes uh i almost ran so when i turned 18 uh, i was like i'm gonna run for mayor as a joke it was a joke because in texas you could run as a mayor as 18 okay. and uh you know i didn't win obviously i mean you don't see me in the mayor's office right now uh <laughs> but uh, I think you need one of those fake backgrounds. Right? Like the presidential <laughs> one. You can be anybody. <laughs> I'm going to get that. When I become mayor, I'm going to put like the White House background in. I'm like, this is where I'm at, right? There you go. Uh, I run for city council. Uh, I've helped with campaigns for them. Um, coming from a mayor, is, is what do you expect to be different winning that if you become that house? What do you expect to be the differences between there? One's a smaller thing, one's bigger. Right. But, you know, there's so many, there's more similarities than differences because when you're the mayor of a city, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. You, you literally are in the grocery store at 7.30 in the morning on Saturday with your baseball cap on and they spot you. And they, if they have a question or something that's on their mind, you need to take the time to talk to them about it and hopefully get it resolved. The other great thing about being a mayor is you learn really quickly how to get accurate, get information for your residents, you know, how to point them in the right direction, um, who can help you get certain things done. And I think on the state level, I see a, a very much a similar thing happening, knowing who the people are, who are the best and the brightest when it comes to different issues, so that when you make decisions, you don't make them in a vacuum. You consider the unintended consequences, not just to how it affects everyone in the state, but, you know, most importantly, quite frankly, is how does it affect the people in House District 93? And so having those groups of connectors that you can reach out to and pull them together on a Zoom and say, this is how I'm going to be voting. This is what I'm looking at. Please tell me what I'm missing. So a lot of those same skills that you learn as a mayor, um, I think will be very beneficial in Austin. Wow, right. So 93 is Austin area, correct? 93 is um, the Alliance Corridor. It's, um, I'm, I'm sitting here in Justin, Texas right now. That's where my office is. And two miles down the road um, is the Denton County line. And um, HD 93 is that central, the central northern section of Tarrant County. So really 820 north out of Fort Worth, the northern side of 820 all the way up the Alliance Corridor, I-35. Right. And we've got Blue Mound, Saginaw, and Hazlitt, but the majority of 93 is North Fort Worth. 
All right, all right. Um, are you a Texas resident? Like, are you nationally born Texan? No, I have a son who's a Texan, but uh, the rest of our family got here as soon as we could. So actually my parents came here in the 80s okay. and started a uh, family business. And then in the early 90s, my father um, came to me and said, I need you, I'm the oldest. So I got guilted into coming to Texas to join the family business. So, um, and then we settled here and all three of my children are in their 20s and early, early 30s. And they all live here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. That's awesome. So I want to talk about some of your policies that you want to introduce if, if you win, when you win. Let's just say that. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about education. Um, right now, education has been, it's broken. Um, we have a lot of issues in it, including parents not being involved with education for their children. If elected, what is your plan to get parents more involved in their children's education? Well, first, the first thing I want to do is compliment parents because parents, um, you know, I think generations of parents uh, handed our children off to the school district. I, I think I think my generation of parents um, pulled up in front of the school and the kids jumped out or you put the kids on the bus. And you really, other than the homework that came home, you weren't really paying a lot of attention to what was happening. And so this generation of parents with young children in elementary schools and middle schools in particular are the ones who during COVID, when the classroom door closed, the door opened for them and they got to see what was going on and what their children were learning. And a lot of parents said, hey, hang on a second. I didn't know we were talking about social emotional learning. I didn't know that you know you were you had access to books like that. So parents have demanded a seat at the table. And that's really the only way to have an effective public school system is for parents to be the partner. I do think over the years, parents have been pushed out of the classroom. I mean, I when, when my kids were younger, I spent, I, I think it was Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday morning doing Wednesday folders. I, so I was in the school and then I was in the classroom talking to the teacher. And then I remember one day they just told us they didn't need us to help with that anymore. And I think that's just symptomatic of where we're, where we're at today. So the legislature can do things um, on a large scale, but it really, at the end of the day, um, you know, which and on the large scale is important, obviously, on, on, on huge policies, on working with the, text, the, the Texas education group and making sure that we're all on the same page. But at the end of the day, it's really our superintendents and our local school boards um, that are making the decisions on the local level. And we've got to give them the tools to make the right decisions. And we have to step in at the state level if they're not making the right decisions. But I think parents need to be empowered and parents have more power at the local level. It's much easier, much easier to kick a local city council person, a local mayor, a local trustee out of office than it is um, to get rid, let's be honest, to get rid of a superintendent. Mm -hmm. So we've got to make sure that we're electing the, the right people that hire the right superintendents. Right, right. Completely agree with you because when I was in high school, I remember being taught not really the fundamentals of things. Like one, I, I believe that the star test should be abolished 100%. Mm -hmm. Like we should get rid of that immediately because one, teachers aren't teaching students. They're teaching their let me rephrase that. They're not 
properly teaching us. They're teaching things that are on a test and mm-hmm. not for social lives, um, preparing us for the future. And like, I remember sitting in class, like confused out of my mind. Why are we learning about X, Y, and Z when I'm never going to experience X, Y, and Z in my future? I mean, I, I'm in, I'm working in media. I never get to see uh, X find X and X equals two times two, three. You know, I, I never experienced that. Uh, so we need to figure out something like a way to where students are actually being taught things that's going to help them in the future to where they can benefit in life. That's what I think personally. Um, well, we definitely need different tracks. And it's interesting yes. when you talk to the superintendents, they say the same thing. You do need t- some type of testing to make sure the kids are getting out of high school with the basics so that they can go into media, they can go into, you know, being, being a locksmith and AC, all the basics of good business so that hopefully they'll be successful at what they, whatever it is they decide to do, whether they're on a college track or not. That being said, um, the, testing needs to be a part of it, but we we need to open up the process to have other elements that may have even more weight um, than than just a test. And you're right, you know, it's like I talked about earlier, the unintended consequences. So the unintended consequences of having this huge test that determines so much about where the school is ranked, you know. What is the unintended consequence of that? The teachers are going to teach to the test. Because they're afraid that if their numbers are low, they're going to get in trouble. Their school's going to get a bad ranking. Their district will be negatively impacted. Yes. Uh, I want to talk about public safety real quick uh, because Mm -hmm. I have an issue that goes into public safety. Um, First off, I want to ask you, do you have plans to defund the police here in Texas? (laughs) (laughs) tell you a true story so i'm the i'm mayor in the city of south lake and um we've had we had a, a lot of uh, turmoil of the student student uprising which was obviously not just students it was a lot of parents that were behind the scenes telling us how horrible our city was and um so they they appointed the school district our elected officials appointed a group of citizens who didn't answer to anybody and said, okay, go out and write a new student code of conduct. And they broke everyone up into little groups. It was during COVID, so no one could talk to each other. And they brought back this document that obviously some lawyer um, wrote. Um, but they, I, I hadn't seen the document. I, I'm the mayor, I'm not the superintendent, so they had no reason to share it with me and as it turned out there was as it turned out there was a reason they didn't share it with me but they called me and they said hey mayor we need to jump on a zoom because um the we have a group of students that have made some demands and um one or two in particular in particular one um is a decision it's going to have to be your call so they sent over a document like looked through it and I started highlighting. I felt like I was in college. I'm like, what, what, what? Well, number 16, as I recall, was they wanted me, the mayor, to take all of the school resource officers off of every campus in Carroll ISD. Um, The city put them in the schools in a joint agreement. The city paid for those officers to be in the schools, but they said that those officers were giving them PTSD. 
So they wanted to know how I felt about that. And I said, my first answer was tell them to go to hell. And of course they can't say that. So I guess, well, I would have said it. And I said, well, then tell them over my dead body. Um, but it was a horrible, I mean, defund so, the police. What, what are they even talking about? So what wait, is that? Students wanted the school security pretty much out of there. Right. Well, they're resource officers. So yes, they're, they are security in the sense that it, heaven forbid anybody, yeah. you know, the school but they're also there to talk to the kids yeah. and to guide the kids and to be a shoulder to lean on um and 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 i i found it so interesting because for years we were told you know um we need officers in the schools so the kids have someone to talk to if there's bullying um or many of the tragic school shootings my gosh i mean just having a police car out in the parking lot the parents all wanted an officer in every school all of a sudden overnight overnight these it's all like, of a sudden officers are a problem because somebody woke up and decided that uh you know just walking past the officer in the school gave them ptsd of i want of what ptsd of what did was there a recent school shooting in that district Oh, no, no, no. It was, but it was after the George, George Floyd was killed. Oh, and okay. it was this whole feeling of, you know, police give me a bad feeling about myself. You know, police don't make me feel safe. Um, I'm afraid if I, the one girl said, if I look at an officer the wrong way in my school, that could ruin the entire day for me because he's going to question me and it was it, it was made up fan it was made up fantasy to make their story sound compelling yeah and it was i will but, say uh, this hands you know, down yeah the yeah. best state that has the best police force is texas oh, yeah. i will say that i i know i live in the arlington area uh and i know a few police officers and i've been pulled over for like you know registrations issues or like lights I've I've been treated like everybody else. Hey, here's your ticket. Just get that fixed. I've never had an issue with a police officer, and I get that there's so many people that have, but I've never had. I, I honestly do believe that the best police in the, any state is Texas, because one, we don't have all these issues that other states are having. Yeah. Have you seen any issues of Texas having anything like this? Well, no, I think we're a very, but I think look at the people, the majority still, the vast majority of people that live in Texas who believe that law-abiding people should have guns, mm -hmm. that teach their children about guns, that, um, you know, are engaged and are involved in their children's lives and um, have relationships and communities. You know, I moved out of a community that was you know, we celebrated our police and our firefighters and we celebrated the job that they did. We came out on National Night Out. Um, we um, put together scholarships for their children, many of the philanthropies. So, you know, I think, I think that is a Texas thing. I think it absolutely is a Texas thing. And um, we have had very few problems because we are very pro. We're not just pro law enforcement, we're pro law, right? And we're pro law. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on the topic of still public safety, um, what is your plan to make schools safer for children? Uh, we've been having a lot of these school shootings happening, a lot of threats, um, gang violence, especially not in particular to a school, but the Parks Mall here in Arlington has issued 
a new rule saying like people under 18 have to wear badge like bracelets and have to be accompanied by people 21 and over due to gang violence i believe it's gang violence honestly uh what is your plan to make it safer for children in any public place well, I, you know, one, let me say first that I think one of the things that's happening to Texas is that so many companies are moving to Texas and they are within their brain jobs. And that's also bringing a huge influx of population. We have some of the fastest growing metropolitan area, Dallas, Fort Worth, where, where I am, um, fastest growing metropolitan areas in the country. So with that, comes crime. And so that, especially in the big cities as they continue to grow. So on the state level, I think some of the things that the governor has done, not in this last legislative in particular, but the one before in making sure that schools did, you know, have safety glass and making sure that the entries were secure and making sure that it's hard to get onto a school campus. It should be really hard to get into a school campus. But more importantly, making sure that our officers, no matter where they are in the state have the equipment and the, the best of the best so that they can do the job to their best, the best of their ability. And so that means supporting them. That means having body cam cameras. That means having, um, you know, the best equipment. That means having the best training and making sure at the state level, we can make sure that um, we, uh, hold our officers and our police in a high esteem that you know that whole message it reverberates throughout the state but really at the local level is where we need to be making sure we're spending the money so that our police officers have everything that they need to do the job effectively especially the training and the equipment yes um another topic that's number two on what you're fighting for is secure the border mm -hmm. um our border is a little wonky isn't it <laughs> Uh, it's harder. I said during it's harder to get back into our country as a United States citizen as it is to cross over the border when you're not a United States citizen. I, go go figure. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I'm, I, that's another situation where Texas is going to have to be the leader. You know, a lot is expected of Texas. Um, but a lot is uh, has been given to Texas, right? We we're, we are an economic engine in the United States of America, and so people look to us and look to um, our leadership. Boy, I mean, how many presidents have been governors of Texas, right? I mean, Texas is just a shining star. So when it comes to the border, obviously that affects us uh, with not only drugs coming over the border, but human trafficking, with just people coming into our country and disappearing, and the number of um, felons, literally felons, people that would be put in jail for life in our country, um, criminals that are coming into our country. Um, if we don't do something, no one else is going to be a leader. And certainly the, the White House we have now is not going to do anything about it. So the governor has stepped in. He's put billions and billions of dollars um, with the legislator into getting the wall built. And I think he's on the right path. So are you a supporter of the wall? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, way overdue. I was excited when President Trump first started. I mean, he just wouldn't take no for an answer because so many presidents had brought it up and then walked away because it was so controversial. And finally, people got have gotten so fed up and we finally had a president who said, I'll take the arrows, but we need to put the wall up. So he, he accomplished a lot. Unfortunately, we've lost a lot of that um, with, with Biden, the Biden White House. 
Yes. Uh, Our border is so... I've talked to many different types of Republicans, too, who are for the wall and against the wall. Uh, For the against people, it's mainly for population purposes. And I'm sitting here going, our population is fine. It's... We... In fact, it's overdue. (laughs) Like, uh, I think that's the reason why many people, you know, statistically aren't having children. It's just there's so many people and it's growing. And if you keep letting more people in, we're going to have another China issue to where it's to the point where we're like all like this and in people's faces. So we have to have limits. I'm perfectly fine with people coming into this country legally. I'm always welcome. That's the American dream coming here and legally and starting your life and so yes 100 percent. i we gotta find a way to fix it and make it fair for everybody it's it, that's that's how it works it's no matter what you agree with somebody's always going to disagree with you right. that's welcome yeah. to america <laughs> but the yeah. land of the home and the home of the free and the brave and the opinions <laughs> yes that's right watch they're going to change the uh, national anthem to that <laughs> I want to talk about the Second Amendment. Um, I am a 100% Second Amendment advocate for it. I believe that we should, have, everybody should have a gun. No, at least know how to operate a gun in case of anything else happens. If you read the Second Amendment, it's there just in case the government takes over. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it super funny that people don't want it. And the government is like, oh, we should get rid of it. That's really a sign of takeover. Do you do you mm-hmm. believe that? I think that we we have a constitutional right to have our guns. Um, there is a reason our forefathers, you know, they were brilliant, um, and there's a reason that is that is placed in that document, and we can look to it. And I, you know, I have my CHL. I know we don't have to have the permit anymore, but um, I I've had my CHL for gosh, fifteen. 15 years, I'm not a good shot at all, but I have my gun, I know how to use it. And the only time that I would ever have to use my gun is if I was, someone came into my house and I, and I had to use my gun. I will be a good shot if that happens. Uh, after my Rottweiler gets through with them, I'm next. Mm. But uh, yeah, but I have a father who fought in the Korean War and and, and, and that back then they brought their guns home with them. My father still has many of his guns. And, um, you know, as a little girl, um, I remember the riots, it would have been the early 60s, the riots in Washington, DC and the city burning. And we lived just outside what was called back then the Beltway. The Beltway was brand new. And you know, we lived in one of those neighborhoods where every third house looked exactly the same, little, little teeny um, one story or split levels. And I remember sitting there um, in the living room um, watching my dad sit on the sofa with his gun because they had told us that, you know, the rioters were coming out um, to the suburbs. And I can't, you know, people always act like, oh, that could never happen. It happened. It happened. So um, leave us alone. Let law abiding people have their guns. Um, you don't have to worry about me and I'm sure we don't have to worry about you. Uh, we are, we take care of our guns. Um, but, but I was telling someone the other day, I remember when my daughter had a sleepover and it's been years now, she's in her young thirties and a parent had called me to see if we had guns in the house. And I said, yes. And she said, well, my child can't come 
to your house. And I said, well, the guns aren't loaded and laying on the, on the kitchen table. I yeah. don't know what, what is this conversation? I'm a responsible gun owner. My, my guns are locked away. So uh, we need to be given more credit. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, the bad people are going to get their hands on. That's what we got to figure uh, out. Is anything how, they want. We got to figure out. That's the one thing we need to figure out is how we're getting illegal guns. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the big ticket item is how are we getting these illegal contraband into the states and how, where is it coming from? One, who's selling it? Who's supplying it? it, it that's our main target right now. Not, you know, American guns owned by American people who right. have the right to own it. Right. And that's the main thing we got to figure out. Well, yeah, Miss exactly. Hill, today's episode is sponsored. Oh my gosh. <laughs> have you heard of Poddex? No, Poddex? Poddex? No, Poddex. Let me tell you about Poddex, Miss Hill. Poddex are these cool deck of cards that allow podcasters, interviewers, anybody that wants to have a good conversation, have deck of cards that have questions on them. It makes the topics more interesting. It's going to be fun. Uh, Maybe. Yes. Today's deck we're going to be using is the interview deck, which is just loaded with different types of questions uh, from serious to uh, funny to who knows. <laughs> Nothing right. bad, I promise you. But if you guys want to get your hands on pod decks, you can go to poddecks.com and use promo code TCLIVE to get 10% off your first purchase. Again, that's TCLIVE. TC Live. Get 10% off your first purchase. Now, are you ready for your interview? Sure. <laughs> All right. Okay. What do you consider to be your greatest achievement? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Raising my three children. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. All right. Stole my answer, but it's all right. No, <laughs> uh, no I think. I'll answer them with you so it's way it's fair. Uh, my greatest achievement is having my company built, being a part of two other companies, and mm -hmm. being 21. And still, wow. yeah, it's that's the American dream. <laughs> yeah. And uh, thriving and having my production company in a movie theater and just it right there, seeing it live, and it was awesome and that, right for right now that's my greatest achievement my next thing is to see my face on billboards soon oh, oh i know <laughs> that could happen that could, it happen. could happen if you could teach a class in any topic what would you teach uh women in leadership without a doubt i do i do not think that young women um you know i hate to see a generation of women that um don't understand that they can uh, do anything or be anything and and not get in their own way by saying this isn't fair i hate that whole fairness conversation women have to lose it we have to own who we are we have to own that we are different in business we are different in politics and um i would love to see more more women just jump into leadership instead of kind of hiding in the background so that they don't make any you know women are always worried about making enemies you know or someone's not going to like me and uh, we got to get past that because um, we have a lot to offer besides besides yourself this is a side question besides yourself who do you think should be the first woman president Oh my gosh. Um, I love Nikki Haley, but I was always a huge fan of Condoleezza Rice. And I'm really sorry that she never ran. She is the most gracious. Uh, maybe she's too nice to be um, the president. I think presidents have to have this 
ooh, they have to have this edge that a lot of people don't have. But yeah, I like Nikki Haley a lot and I love Condoleezza Rice. Good choices. Those are good choices. I would have to agree with you on those because <laughs> I think uh, during one of the elections, Bush voted for Rice as uh-huh. he just wrote her in. He's like, I yeah. vote for her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you can guarantee one thing in life besides money, what would it be? Health. 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 Yeah. And not not so much for myself, but for my, my mom and dad are elderly. My dad's 91. My mom is 89. It's been a really tough year for my mom. And I your their life changed overnight because my mother slipped and fell. So I... You know, I know we're going to die someday, but I just want to go to bed and not wake up. I don't want to see my parents suffer. So I would wish for help. That's a good one. I would have to say, ooh, I'll say knowledge. Mm. Just, just done. There we go. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which living person do you most admire? I think I have to go back to Condoleezza Rice. I'm like a fangirl when it comes to her. And you know who else I really like lately? You know, talking about podcasts, I'm addicted to Megyn Kelly's podcast. I just, I'm usually into murder, real like true crime stuff. That's sort of, yeah, I got I got like a really, I'm really into it. But no, I listen to Megyn Kelly pretty religiously because, you know, kind of Lisa Rice is more writing books. Every once in a while, I'll get to, um, you know, hear a lecture that's on YouTube, but I don't, you know, she's not out as out there speaking and to where I can follow it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I've read all her books, but Megyn Kelly, I really enjoy her style. um, And I, you know, she's just a no BS woman. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, no BS. All right. Uh, what do you value most in your friends? Loyalty, without a doubt. Loyalty. Yeah, I'll tell you. It's um, that's probably been one of the hardest things about running for higher office. Um, well, it's been one of the hardest things about transitioning from being the mayor of a city to running for higher office, or I guess just the end of my term was the end of some friendships, Mm. right? Because they obviously were never friendships to begin with. So I haven't had a lot of time to self-reflect because I was going to take, you know, a year or two off and relax. And um, I, instead I decided to run for higher office, but I think at some point I'd like to sit down quietly over a couple of months and think about some of the people that have been in my life and, why were they in my life in the first place? Because they didn't, you know, they didn't care anything about me. They just cared about what they got out of me. Yes. I, I, I'm in that. What's funny is is I'm that same setting myself Mm -hmm. to, I, I, I've lost so many friends recently due to just, just different ideas. And it's bizarre that we can lose friends that way. Just be like, I believe in this and they don't. So, Oh, it's over. You know, Um, these are people that I've grown up with and I've known, like, I've really told one of them, like, you're like my brother. And then they're like, yeah, bye. I was like, oh, okay. So you weren't that with me. Cool. Uh, But then you get the ones that stick with you, no matter what your flaws or your opinions or whatever you have, those are your true friends. And they're the ones that will pick you up and push you back down. That's, that's a friend. (laughs) Yeah. That's a friend. Uh, what do you consider to be the most overrated virtue? No, oh, I'm sorry. The o- most overrated what? Virtue? virtue. Yeah. 
You go first. Oh gosh, <laughs> I I don't even know. <laughs> I know the most overrated virtue. Um, um, let's see. Let me look up different types of virtues. Hang on. Well, you know, honesty. Yeah. That's yeah, that's the, that's yeah, a good I one. I don't think there are any that are overrated. Yeah. Um, maybe. Well, I don't know. I guess maybe some kinds of manners. You know, I grew up. I grew up. I'm a lot older than you, so I grew up when you didn't talk about politics or religion, and that you just did. It was mm. man, that was part of being socially that was, it was socially unacceptable to talk about those things. And I like. I think all this uh, honesty. Uh, you know, like I'm going to tell you everything I think about everything is not a good thing. Because I think there are conversations, you know, to your point earlier, there are people I have no reason to have a political or a religious conversation with. I know them because I knew their children when they were young and I want to keep up with how their kids are doing. And that's what we have in common. And that's what I want to talk to them about. So I think this whole oversharing, I think oversharing isn't a virtue, but I think over being overly honest. Yes is too much uh, you know what you know what is overrated generosity no, i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding <Generosity. laughs> my kids wouldn't agree with you on that <laughs> i mean honestly like that's a hard question because there's a lot of them that are good that you need um you know let's i oh here we go this i just looked up examples of virtue laziness Oh, overrated. Wow. <laughs> Very overrated. There we go. If you haven't binged a Netflix show for the weekend, no, that's, I mean, you've got to accept that you can be lazy when you need to be lazy. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, you're, a you're a huge true crime fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the newest Netflix uh, series, uh, true crime series about John Wayne Gacy? Oh, you know, I've read every book on him. I, okay, so I have a serious issue with true crime. Like, Don't worry. I, it goes back many years to even the only way you can learn about these crazy serial killers was to um, read books about them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I read all the books about them. So um, I, you know, um, I watched it. I will say it gets a little disturbing. Um, and I, I, I like I like understanding why people did what they did. Um, I don't. I don't think I like the gory details yeah. of the actual crimes so much. So, um, yeah. But that's a crazy. I like more of the um, shows where people are just dastardly. You know, where they rip people off and they get online and they, you know, they work these women over and take all their money. Because I cannot the, understand. They just released Netflix. Also, just released a. Amber Crombie and Finch scandal documentary. Ooh, yes, I watched that the other day. And, I, see, I had no idea that was going on. And that was everyone shocked there when I mean I kind of missed Abercrombie and Finch. I was a little too, I want to say I was a little too old for it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember when the stores were the hottest thing happening in the mall. I mean, you know, I still was, protest them. I still never go with oh, them. I never bought anything from there, but yeah, they were the first ones that came in and made a mall store look like it was a a, a hangout where yeah. like you had to come in, you couldn't see inside unless you went in. And it was like the cool kids worked there. And I remember yeah. like going in there and the music was blaring loud. 
yeah. and you're like I, yeah. I can't hear anything what and you just right. it was like one of those stories but yeah they, they just released those phenomenal both of them uh yeah. be, it just it, they're interesting to learn about and yeah like did you ever watch the uh the the uh oh house of gucci Show. Oh gosh, yes, that's a great. Yeah. See, I like that kind of stuff where everything goes wrong, but to yeah. real people. Yeah. I yeah. just I love that real life um crime drama that's like not not the gory. I like the you know con artists. I love yeah. the con artist stuff. And uh, but yeah, that Gucci story, there's a lot of those big families that made a lot of money that totally turned out to be crazy. So most most rich families out there are crazy. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, this is a this is a funny question. Uh, when were your parents most disappointed in you? Ooh. Oh, wow! When were my parents? Well, I have to preface my comment by saying I'm the oldest. Yeah. And so I've lived my whole life um, trying to please my parents. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know it was my first report card in college. Oh, I went to college. I was a good, really good student in high school. Went to college, got into my choice. Uh, I was thrilled to death to escape my parents. And I honestly thought my classes were gonna be a breeze. And then I discovered a social life. I had never had a social life. I had, I think I don't even know that I ever drank before I went to college. And this is the seventies, so things were different. And actually the drinking age was 18 when I was in college or when I was in high school too. Um, so yeah, my first report card, I wanna say I either got all C's or I got two B's and all C's and oh, my father threatened to come take me out of college and bring me home. And he told me I was gonna be a secretary for the rest of my life. Oh so. my gosh. Oh Yay. yeah. Yeah, wow. my parents, well, my according to my parents, you know, that they had to mortgage, the, you know, the, the house and everything they owned to put me yeah. through college. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't take anything away from them. They worked very hard to put me through college. And I was the, you know, my dad was the first to go to college in our family. I was the second. So it was a really big thing. And for me to go and party the whole first semester instead of get good grades was the big problem. Wow. Wow. Well, stay in school, kids. Stay in memories. <laughs> I mean, honestly, from I, my parents are still disappointed in me all the time. I'm just kidding. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, for me, honestly, it probably was when I in high school I was terrible in physics, and I've never failed a class before. Like I always fought through it and got like a seventy and be like, I passed. Go yes. You know, but this was like the first time ever I got like a 40 in a class and failed oh, wow. it. Yeah. And I remember telling them, I was like, I just failed physics. Oh my gosh. I still have the picture of my mom's face because I took a picture of it and it was just livid, like oh, eyes wow. bulging out, just angry. And I was like, I'm not good at science. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah. I got, to, I got to retake it. So it was all fine. We're all cool. <laughs> I got to graduate <laughs> on time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but yeah it i think that's the only time they're disappointed on like a scale like that nothing else I've, i haven't really done much i'm not a big party person i just don't like people you know <laughs> i'd make a great politician wouldn't i <laughs> yeah yeah well i wasn't a much of a party person after i got in trouble that first semester in college I bet not. <laughs> yeah that was the end of my partying day so 
what are you currently curious about? Curious. Um, I'm well, right now, obviously, I'm super curious about how the Texas legislature works. For me, the more people I've gotten to know, um, and and so much goes on in Austin that I absolutely had had no idea. And I've always been a student, a political student. I love strategy. I've always loved campaigning. I've loved the thought process that goes into decision making. And I, you know, I hope I'm fortunate enough to serve um, the folks in HD93 because I will become a student of how Austin works and how we get the people's work done in the legislators, legislature. So um, really just an extension of what I've always done. I've always been really, really inquisitive. Not a, not, um, not a book, you know, I don't run to a book and look things up. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I would rather have a conversation with you or call, call someone who I know is doing whatever it is I'm interested in finding more out about you know i guess maybe growing up without google you know google isn't my first go-to mm. i go to people yeah because i'm not a very i'm a very visual person so i if i see how somebody else is doing it and mm. they show me like okay, so you're gonna press this button Trenton, and then you're gonna do this pull this lever and then you're gonna look over there make sure the light's on and they do that i can i can master it in like one take it's mm. that's how i learn and read i can't i hate reading stuff i i hate it one is because my adhd and dyslexia so things start to pop off the page and i'm sitting here like oh, oh my gosh yeah. and so it's just like i'd rather see, I'd rather watch something than read it and it yeah, yeah it, it's a whole ordeal and i'm just i'm just really really fun <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I have a dyslexic son. I actually have two children that are dyslexic, but one that was severely dyslexic. Yeah. And so I watch him. He's exactly like you. He loves visual. If you show him, he can do it. If you're going to explain it to him and ask him to go, you know, you like, uh, which is why YouTube is so fabulous, oh, yeah. right? You just click on YouTube, watch someone else do it. And then you do it. See, I can't do that. I need the explanation. I need practice. I need someone over my shoulder. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, you could pick left, right, or middle. Uh, right. <laughs> right. So this one, yes. What is your most treasured possession? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to say my wedding ring. It's beautiful. It was designed just for me oh, wow. um, and it's Irish, Irish love knots and we put a diamond in it. And um, I, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not a big jewelry person. <laughs> I don't even have earrings on. I'm looking at myself going, what was I thinking about? I'm just not a jewelry person, but I always have, I always have this ring. It just means, it means the world to me. It's funny, it's like the only thing I have that I've honestly thought what who do I want to have this when I'm no longer in this world? Mm -hmm. And I don't really think I have anything else that I'm that concerned. Certainly nothing material. Yeah. See, that's hard for me. I can't even pick out anything. Like if I were to go, I I pretty much have nothing to give people. Like yeah. I, I I've made the joke going, if when I go, I want everything I have buried with me. <laughs> so like it's just a giant hole. <laughs> and so i've always made that joke but yeah i, I mean my most prized possession was 
I don't know. Uh, probably the very first camera I've gotten. Cause uh-huh. I do a lot of film and stuff. And my uh, uncle gave me like this big humongous camera. You know, one of those. Or like you look through a little thing and used to record like commercials and movies. And, you know, I have it stored away like in safe, in a safe place. Probably that. But anything else, yeah. I, this is going to go in the garbage if it wants to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Left or right? Um, left or right? Right. right. <laughs> I'm sure as heck not going to say left, right? <laughs> oh, I get you. Okay. So I'll put them both over here. Touche. <laughs> uh, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? So oh, yeah. I, I, I would like to not be so judgmental. Mm. I have to constantly, um, I know I'm old enough now that I know when I get into that, like, okay, I'm looking, I'm looking extra hard. I'm going to start judging. And so I can, can stop myself. But, um, yeah, I just, I would like, I, I'd rather be more chill. Yeah. I'd rather be more chill. I really would. Yeah. yeah. It's not that hard. You can do it. Anybody can do it. Just. This is what you do, okay? After you win, <laughs> once you get in the office, you're going to sit there and go, all right, I'm in Feet up on the desk. Feet up on the desk. Feet so. up on the desk. Yeah. like, all right, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Last question. Who are your heroes in real life? Who are my heroes in real life? Definitely my dad, without a doubt. My dad. I worked with my dad for 24 years, every single day. And I still, um, you know, I'm... I'm my parents take care of themselves, but I, I would say I'm the primary caregiver. My sister lives in Europe. My brother um, doesn't live nearby. So um, I, I just believe in my dad. I believe in the life lessons that he's taught me. I think I'm the person I am in large part because of his influence. I love my mom and dad dearly, but my father and I are very, very close. And I think when having worked you know, in a father-daughter business, for that many years, um, it takes a special relationship for that, for that to work. So, um, I absolutely adore my father. He is a self-made man. He's the American dream. He has the purple heart. He fought for our country and, um, he's set a great example for me and everything he's ever done. Shout out dad. Shout out dad. (laughs) (laughs) I guess uh, to answer that question, I I would uh, say my mom, even though she annoys the heck out of me, like, you know, my, every kid, her eyes bulge. Her eyes bulge out when I fail a class. No, my mom is a very awesome person to where, you know, when I was like my first 10 years of living from one to 10, I, she was a single mom taking care of me, working like three jobs and doing her best to do what she could and seeing where she's at now she's a paralegal she's one Mm -hmm. of the most like respected paralegals in like all family law everybody knows her name uh everybody knows my name now too because of her (laughs) but uh everywhere i go they go oh this is summer's kid i'm like oh that's me um but she she's awesome she she's taught me a lot to be who i am be independent be don't let anybody judge you for who you are because you know you're you. You, you don't yeah. let any other people tell you who you are, and she's always taught me that. And you know, shout out to you, mom. 
<laughs> but yeah, sorry for fighting with you yesterday. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, life, right? you know, you know, you gotta, mothers and sons get into fights all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And daughters too. So oh we... yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So guys, if you guys like those questions and you want to hear the rest of them, buy the pack at poddex.com. Use promo code TCLAVE to get ten percent off your first purchase. There's other decks too, guys. There's the what the heck deck, which is green, Ooh. which are a bunch of random questions, which I was not going to ask you. Uh, <laughs> and the would you rather deck, uh, which is a bunch of would you rather questions, but they have a true crime deck, which is like. Oh. oh, about true like questions about true crime and all that fun stuff. They even have an app, Poddex, the app, where I have all of them digitally, so you guys don't have to waste paper. Uh, but yeah, Miss Hill, thank you so much for being on today's show. It was awesome talking to you and picking your brain about certain topics. And honestly, it was an honor to talk to you. And I wish you the best of luck in your campaign. Thank you very much. It was my honor too. Thank you for having me. Is there anything you want to shout out before we go? No, I just think it's funny. We both picked out our mom and our dad yep. and we started this whole conversation today talking about the importance of parents. So there yep. you have it, where we started and where we ended. I'm, you know, I'm living proof that, you know, parents are, uh, we both are, that parents are a, a huge, um, hugely important to how their children turn out. And so we have to constantly watch and make sure that our children are learning and hearing the things that are important in our family, because someday we want our child on a podcast saying that mom or dad was the most important person in their life. Oh yeah. Guys, if you're going to learn more about Miss Laura Hill, check out laurahillfortexas.com. It's her website and uh, follow her on all her stuff. She's awesome. Very nice woman. Thank you again so much for being on the show today. And uh, guys, we're out of here. Have a good <laughs> evening. Have a good week and uh, happy mother's day. It's coming up. Oh, come on. Yeah. It is coming up. But yeah, guys, we're out of here. Peace out.